Hello everyone and welcome to our Christmas LinguaCast. In today's episode, I will be joined by some of my colleagues from the Languages Department at Brass House who will present a Christmas tradition from their country and culture. In today's episode, you will hear about Christmas traditions from Italy, Catalonia in Spain, Germany and France. Let's start our journey from Italy. My colleague Stefano will talk to us about Santa Lucia. Buongiorno a tutti, mi chiamo Stefano e sono un insegnante di italiano a Brassas Languages. Hello everybody, my name is Stefano and I'm an Italian language teacher at Brassas Languages. I will talk to you about an Italian tradition for Christmas, specifically a tradition in a specific area of Italy. But let me start telling you something about my personal life. I have never received a present in my life from Santa Claus. But don't feel bad for me, because in Italy we do receive presents from uh, different people, let's say, different figures, according to the family or according to the area where you come from. If you're lucky, you can receive presents from more than one but all of them could be in different days, but still in the same time. So around Christmas time, December or January. So it's my specific case um, and my specific area, the person giving presents to children is another saint, because as you know, uh, Santa Claus actually means Saint Nicholas. But in my case, the saint was Lucy, Santa Lucia, how we call her in Italian. So uh, differently than Santa Claus, she did not have reindeers helping her, but a donkey, a cute donkey going around um, everywhere and giving presents to children during the night between the two elves and the 13th of December. So it's a bit earlier than Christmas. We get uh, earlier presents. So, um, The area specifically that I'm talking about, it's in between Lombardy, Veneto, and Trentino, which are three regions in the north of Italy. Even though actually the, the saint, Saint Lucy, was Sicilian from Syracuse. Uh, she was born in 283, so we're talking about very long time ago and she died very young, 21 years old. She became a saint. But why is she celebrated in this specific way in the north of Italy? Well, probably because her name, Lucy, means light. And in December, it's very important to consider the starting of a new year, the starting of um, the light, lighter days. So um, the reason why it's Uh, celebrating this specific way in the, that specific area of the, of the north of Italy. It's not very clear. There are some stories about uh, people or women specifically helping out um, the community during a famine and um, happen, happening exactly that night. And so it was connected to that um, specific saint. Um, but St. Lucy is celebrated differently 
in Sicily as well. So not giving presents to children, but in different ways in Sicily. And actually, I find quite interesting that it's an important celebration, um, the one in St. Lucy's night in Scandinavian countries as well, again, because she brings the light. But being back to uh, the way we celebrate in, in my hometown, Bergamo, um, um, it just reminds me of when uh, I was writing the letters and giving it, um, well, putting it in the St. Lucy's church in town and going around with the other kids um, in the village because uh, it's quite common to see some girls dressed in white, uh, representing, of, of course, the um, uh, purity of a young girl, um, giving out, you know, um, sweets and candies. And we also get to see the donkey. So it's quite a um, specific tradition in that specific area of Italy. So this is my uh, contribution for you today. So I hope you enjoyed. Bye-bye. Ciao a tutti. Thank you, Stefano. Now we will move on to Catalonia and Spain. My colleague Aina will present the tradition of El Caradio de Nadal. Hola, em dic Aina i soc de Catalunya, al nord-est d'Espanya. So, hello, my name is Aina and I'm from Catalonia in the northeast of Spain. Today I'm going to talk about a Catalan Christmas tradition that for me is very normal, but uh, I know it can sound a bit strange for some people. Um, the tradition is called Al Cagatio de Nadal, which is translated to the Christmas log, but it's not a cake. Bear with me. Uh, it can also have the name of Alcagatio, so the poop lock. And Alcagatio is a wooden lock at around 30 centimeters long. It can be a bit smaller, it can be a bit bigger. And it's got two or four legs, a big smiling face, and nose, and eyes. And he wears a barratino, which is a traditional um, Catalan red hat. And it arrives to Catalan houses at around the 8th of December. And the idea is that children take very good care of him. So they need to feed him and keep him warm. Normally, they put a blanket on top of him. And they will hope that uh, on the Christmas Day or the Christmas Eve in some households, the cagatio will poop some presents for them. So when that day arrives, children normally are really, really excited. And what they need is some wooden sticks and they will have to beat El Cagatio singing a song. Well, there are different versions of song. And the song say, says something like, one of the, the popular ones say, Cagatio, avellanas y turro, no cagis arangadas, que son masas saladas. Well, and it goes on and on. And a translation for this song would be something like, Pu cagatio, hazelnuts and nougat. Do not pull herrings, they are too salty. Pu nougat, they taste better. 
pu cagatio, almonds and nougats. And if you don't want to poo, I will hit you with a stick. Poo, lock. And then once the children have finished singing this song, um, they go away to another room and they do some praying. And then uh, some of the family members stay with Alcagatio and then the mag magic happens. And then children come back and hopefully Alcagatio have put some presents for them and they can um, open them, see them. And then they repeat the process again. So uh, they will beat the lock, the cagatio again, sing, go to another room, do the praying, come back. And they can repeat this several times till al cagatio feels exhausted and is tired of, of pooping presents. And yes, the idea is that al cagatio will, will give them small presents like sweets or chocolates and other small presents because the big presents are reserved for um, al stress race max, so the three wise men, Malcio, Gaspar and Baltazar, and they come on the 5th of January um, to all the Catalan houses to bring, to bring the big presents. And yes, well, I hope you like to know about this tradition. Merry, Christ Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, bon Nadal a tothom. Thank you, Aina. We are going now to Germany. My colleague Gudrun will talk about the Advent calendar, which appeared for the first time in Germany. Hallo und herzlich willkommen zu diesem LinguaCast Weihnachtspodcast. Ich heiße Gudrun und ich unterrichte Deutsch am Brasshaus. Hello and welcome to this LinguaCast Christmas podcast. My name is Gudrun and I teach German at the Brass House. In today's podcast, I'd like to talk about the Advents calendar. You probably know that the Christmas tree and Christmas markets are German traditions, which have spread all over the world. But do you actually know that the Advent calendar originates in Germany? The very first Advent calendars were produced in the early 16th century in Germany, although not really the cardboard type we know today. In those days, Christians had a very different and quite simple way of counting down the days from the start of Advent to Christmas Day. What did they do? They simply made chalk marks on their door and rub one off every day as Christmas got closer. Then some started to hang up small religious pictures every day, and that was the real beginning of the Advent calendar. Apparently, the first known Advent calendar was made out of wood and simply had pictures on it, nothing else. It really only took off at the start of the 20th century, when printed calendars started to appear. They only had pictures on them, not, they were not the way they are today. But then somebody called Gerhard Lang had a brilliant idea. He worked at a printing office in Munich and thought, hmm, 
what about adding small doors to the advent calendar? As the story goes, when Gerhard was a little boy, his mother made him a calendar with 24 small sweets attached to cardboard, one for each day before Christmas, and that gave him the idea. Adding doors was the start of the advent calendar as we know it today. They were proving extremely popular over the years, but obviously production had to be put on hold during the war, simply because paper, cardboard and of course chocolate were all in very short supply. And then later, towards the end of the 1950s, when chocolate calendars reappeared, it all took off and they started to spread all around the world. In particular for children, it's exciting to open your calendar door and see what you will find on that day. Advent calendars are everywhere nowadays. You can get any type, form, size, and with anything you like. They could be religious, they could be chocolate ones, they could be cosmetics, just a thought of the day, whatever you can think of. But in essence, Advent calendars are still what started with those simple chalk marks, just a way of counting down the dates to Christmas. That was a little bit about the Advent calendar and how it developed. And all that remains for me to say now is Frohe Weihnachten to all of you. Thank you, Gudrun. Our next and last stop for today is France. My colleague Monique will share with us her childhood memories related to Christmas in France. Bonjour, je suis Monique Poirier. J'enseigne je, au Brass House depuis beaucoup d'années, 23, 22 ans. Uh, hello, I'm Monique and I, I, I teach at the Brass House. I've been teaching for 22 years. And I would like to talk to you about today about um, the best memory for me of Christmas in France, which is the tradition of the manger, la crèche. And uh, for me, it was the, the most exciting uh, part of Christmas, one of the most. And uh, it was very, um, it was a thrill to, uh, to make it, we had to build it. It was a kind of a competition between households, you know, with the cousins or the, the neighbors, <clears throat> the one who were between those who would have the best looking one. So we had to get the the um, the elements from outside. So we would go outside in the cold to get, uh, for example, moss from the stone wall outside and scrape it and bring it back to make the the, the field, the 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 yeah the grass for the for the manger then we had to find an old a broken mirror or, or a mirror to do the the lake the frozen lake or pond uh flower for the the snow to sprinkle around and the the craft paper to make the shape of the uh, a cave and then the, the characters were um in a terracotta painted and they were about two inches high so obviously mary and joseph uh, lots of sheep 
shepherds, shepherdesses, and um, what did you have as well? The um, also some um, some uh, trade, like people who represented the trade, like uh, the uh, the knife sharpener, le remouleur en français, and the miller. There was always a miller with his uh, donkey and his sacks of uh, flour. And, of course, the three wise men who would appear from afar at the beginning. They were far from the manger. And then every day we would, from, uh, from the 24th of December, we would walk them closer every day. It would move them every day a little bit. So that was... <laughs> An uh, interesting thing to do. Uh, there was no internet at the time, you have to bear in mind, and no television, so that was very exciting. And um, we would, uh, and then they would arrive at the manger on the 6th of January, Epiphany. And uh, of course, on the 24th, we would put the, the little baby Jesus inside, you know, in, in the night, on the 24th at night, we would put the baby in the in the crib, uh, we need we needed also to find a, to do make or find a star, the star of the north, the shepherd uh, star, and a lot of garlands. There were no electric ones; they were all uh, you know shiny garlands. And it was um, very exciting to uh, <laughs> to build that to make it look uh, nice. So every year there was some broken some accidents, broken sheep that had to be glued back. And uh, we would nag uh, the parents to get a bigger, um, more characters every year, you know, to, to make it more and more. And uh, yeah, and that was a, a big trade, which is still is in the south of France, um, a big in the craft industry, in the, especially in Marseille, they've got huge markets, you know, November, I don't know when they start, maybe October, November, December of these little uh, terracotta characters, les Santons de Provence, uh, paint there about yeah, two inches, three inches, painted, hand-painted, and there uh, lorry fulls of them, you know, on the market, um, all kinds. And you can have bigger ones. The bigger ones would be dressed with um, cloth, you know, with the material uh, garments made and painted the eyes of this painted and it's a big uh, yeah a lot of a lot of uh, uh, trade in there also uh, on the 24th of there is uh, before 24th they they make a manger sometimes real size human size like in the south of france with real people sometimes so they they build a shack, you know, a little uh, wooden shack, and they, they, at a certain time in the evening, maybe, I don't know, 10 to 12, they would uh, have the characters, uh, proper people, people <laughs> uh, disguised, an activity, and uh, I don't know what about the baby, if they can find one, <laughs> it has another story. In, in the north of France, it's more inside the church, and the characters are more like... Um, uh, um, statues, sometimes big ones, you know, the size, human size as well. So that's a nice tradition, I think, of Noel. Voilà, so I uh, 
I, uh, je vous souhaite un joyeux Noël. Happy Christmas, everyone. This was our first Christmas episode of LinguaCast. I would like to thank all my colleagues for their interesting contributions to this episode. If you enjoyed it and you want to hear about more Christmas traditions from different countries and cultures, stay tuned for the second Christmas episode, which will be out in two weeks. As always, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast on Buzzsprout, Spotify, Google Podcasts and other platforms. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, links provided in the podcast notes of the episode. Thank you all for listening. Bye, everyone, and see you soon.